This is the Andre Segovia Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Andre Segovia Show. I am Andres, and in this one, I'm going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League in three parts. But what's that got to do with business news, real estate, or tech? Well, absolutely nothing. It has everything to do with what interests me. <laughs> so, uh, look, for those of you that are new to my program and are not entirely familiar with the Andres Segovia Show, uh, the Critic Corner was something I used to do with respect to addressing things in Hollywood, movies and all that. I used to do reviews. I used to uh, work with studios to be able to market some other movies, most particularly The Dark Knight, and also get uh, first screenings and first reviews in a lot of cases. So I used to do that. Uh, it's been 11 years, 12 years since I retired from that, but I'm bringing some of that content back uh, under the umbrella of The Andres Segovia Show. So you can find my reviews and archives of that at www.theandresegovia.com. I might be expanding it. But I don't want to delve into details just yet. As soon as that's figured out, I'll let you know how that goes. So what you might find is odd that has nothing to do with business or tech talk. Uh, hopefully you find it interesting. And it gets you, I guess it gives you a little more perspective as to who I am, what I like, and how and why I enjoy things like Zack Snyder's Justice League. All right, so let's get into it. Zack Snyder's Justice League. In short, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I never saw Joss Whedon's version of the film. Never saw the theatrical version. I did see, though, a fan edit of it called, I think it was called Justice League Reborn. Um, there was another fan edit that was being done. Someone was trying to finish the, the, the visual effects. I doubt that project ever continued. I never saw the, uh, any more updates on that progress. But the the um, the fan edit, Justice League Reborn, which was done, um, what was, I guess... To summarize, for those of you who are not familiar with it, that film was basically re-edited to, I guess, pace better for the storytelling. It eliminated a lot of scenes that were just not; they were just pointless. Uh, the part about the that I don't know if it was a Russian family or whatever that was significantly reduced and uh, the deleted scenes, particularly of, of Harry Cavill Superman, were restored to it. Music was rescored, or at least. Hans Zimmer and XL Junkie score was put in and they stripped off Danny Elfman's uh, music. And it felt for a more cohesive film uh, that felt more Zack Snyder-ish, not Joss Whedon. But that's all we ever uh, really got. And that's the version I watched, but I thought, well, not too bad. Um, it was enjoyable for this fan. And so I've never seen the, the, the theatrical version. I don't know what that looks like. I don't care. I wanted to skip that. So if you're ever going to engross yourself into the Snyder universe, or at least Snyder's films telling this story, uh, you start with Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice Ultimate Cut, and, of course, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, when I say Dawn of Justice, yes, I am referring to Batman vs. Superman, but I refuse to call it that stupid title. I absolutely hate that title. They should have done Man of Tomorrow, but because the studio wanted to catch up to, D to DC, they ended up going, like, you know what, let's just shoehorn in Batman. And then why I add it, just, just throw in uh, the introduction of Wonder Woman and a bunch of cameos by other superheroes that we'll introduce in another movie. That has nothing to do with their own origin stories. Okay, great. Way to go, DC. But in general, seeing... Snyder's version realized was a thing to behold. I got my issue with some of the music. XL Junkie, I'm sure, didn't have as much time to do what he did. Um, Pitch Meeting uh, from Screen Rant it did do a pretty good take on it, in particular when it comes to Wonder Woman's music. It was pretty annoying. 
critical drinker actually made a mention about some of the heavy metal music when the some of the characters are going upstairs like dude they're just going up a flight of stairs you didn't need that kind of music so the scoring it felt like were you guys on the same page on this um but other than that you know it's just with some detractors aside there was always going to be some imperfections but other than that the movie itself was thoroughly enjoyable i watched it with my wife she insisted we watch it together she's not a comic book fan by any means um i actually shared my experience in diving into the snyder universe in, a, in an episode i did for the creative corner on my website um, where i revisited these films before the Zack snyder cut was announced so uh i'm someone that comes from the background that i hated man of steel because uh i traditionalist when it comes to these things so i i really hate a man of steel and i have my issues with the movie watchmen but not for the reasons you might think uh still the man of steel was just not a superman movie and to this day is not a superman movie so you can debate on debate me on that all you want but the point is i saw it from that prism back in 2013 when I watched it with my wife so many years later, seven, like almost seven years later, and we got to watch it together, I watched it from uh, an open mind. Um, a lot's changed over those seven years in terms of the, the landscape of films. So when I got to watching this one, and I got to see it through my wife's eyes, because she's never seen anything like that, she watched it, loved it, and I sat there, and I'm like, this movie is so good. It's not Superman in a traditional sense, but it's still like you could call it an Elseworlds type tale where it's a different version of Superman. It was fantastic. Look, for, for all the shortcomings that, that Zack Snyder has, you can extrapolate one scene that's just masterclass from each of his films. Watchmen, it has multiple scenes, but it will have to be like Dr. Manhattan Origins. Uh, anything with Rorschach in it, except the one that he kind of tweaked to his own liking. Uh, I don't want to get into that in this episode. Uh, but when it came to Man of Steel, my goodness, the flight sequence is just like, wow, that, like, every time I watch it, I'm in awe. I was like, dude, you, you really nailed this. You know, you could have just been an average flight sequence, and it comes on the heels of a very popular Iron Man who was having all these kind of wacky uh, flight sequences. But my goodness, that was so good. Okay, but the Krypton scene was just like, dude, this is outstanding. It's emotional. It's gorgeous. And yeah, it, it was amazing. So Zack Snyder caught it. So the, I, I did appreciate that. And when it came to um, Dawn of Justice, the warehouse scene, come on, <laughs> that's Damn, that's a Batman. Like someone said, this is a Batman movie sandwiched in a Superman story. <laughs> it's just, wow, that was really good. So when it came to Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we'll call Justice League from here on out, I was like, are we going to have a standout scene in this one? Now, I'm speaking in generalities. So in the second part, I will talk about what those generalities are. So I'm not giving a spoiler alert yet. I'm just going to tell you, yes, there were many moments like that. It's like, wow, wow. Wow. And there was a super geek out moment where my wife's like, okay, are you okay? He's like, no, my goodness. Wow. So yeah, I had a moment there. So the the fact that he got me that, like Zack Snyder was able to, to, to get me like that, that was, that was pretty awesome. It, it made for a great visual experience, a unique one at that. And uh, I'm glad I got to experience this film. Um, it was a movie that we were told never existed. It will never see the light of day. And it's hard to believe we live in a post 
release a Snyder Cut universe now. <laughs> it's like, wow, for real? Crazy. So for all the elements that were done, yeah, of course, it has a shortcoming. It's not a perfect movie, uh, but it, it completes that vision that he was establishing that's, that DC basically was trying to shoehorn in on everything. It showed that Zack Snyder had a plan. And the fact that that plan wasn't realized because of, in combination with the tragedy that that he uh, that uh, the Snyder family underwent through and studio interference, uh, now we get better closure for it, uh, with the exception of um, Suicide Squad. So uh, I'm glad that uh, I got to experience this movie, and it's great. So this is where I give you the spoiler commentary in part two. Part two where I'm going to be speaking in detail because I have to address certain elements of the movie that will come across as spoilers. So here's your official spoiler alert. So you want to stop. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do my best to timestamp them in the comment section. So then uh, this is for YouTube really. So uh, you can skip this section to the part three where I talk about the controversy surrounding this, but not for the reasons that you think. So let's get into it. Spoilers. The scenes that I'm talking about stand out. All right, you have Krypton, Man of Steel, and the flight sequence. Then for Dawn of Justice, you have the awesome sequence of the warehouse. That's just, my goodness, that's stand out. And I did enjoy the, the intro for Wonder Woman. That was pretty epic. But not like the warehouse scene. That's that's Batman. I never thought I'd see that happen. When I heard that they were going to put uh, Ben Affleck as Batman, I'm like, great. So we're never going to see the true ninja Batman. We saw the freaking ninja brawler. That was so epic. So I wondered, what are we going to see in Justice League? I'm happy to say there were some great moments with, with Ben Affleck's Batman in it. Absolutely. None of this watered down, he's not strong enough crap that Joss Whedon, I heard, that he was putting into the film. We had great moments of Wonder Woman. We didn't get enough of Superman. That's because of the story and the pacing. He's barely in it, actually. But what 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 moments he was in was pretty enjoyable. But I gotta tell you, the Flash had two excellent moments. First, there was his intro, the car car crash sequence with Iris West. Uh, we've seen the teasers, but. That's how you do the Flash, in my opinion. I don't like Ezra Miller as the Flash, but I was able to tolerate him a little more in the film. Um, I don't think that was a Zack Snyder uh, casting choice because, my goodness, he's always spot on with casting. So that one felt a little not Zack Snyder, maybe. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever get that answer. But I guess you could say the Flashpoint moment (laughs) was so good. Like... Dude, uh, if we never get a true Flash movie or a Flashpoint movie, well, at least we get this moment. I, look, call for what you want. The guy doesn't know how to run. I, I don't care. It didn't actually cross my mind because I was so engrossed by the visuals of it. But holy Toledo, man. Uh, yeah, I think Neurotic said it best. Gary be Neurotic, he said it best. Um, it looks like the Flash had the best superhero moment in the film. But my favorite was Cyborg. I thought uh, it, it, it had vibes of the Matrix, so it felt Warner Brothers ish. the The music borrowed heavily from um, a ticking clock. I, I, if this was done by XL Junkie, 
then uh i'm trying to think which is the song he was kind of temp tracking to mm. man i can't think of it right now but anything with him was so good it was he was basically the heart of the story but then we also got some excellent moments of freaking dark side, man. I, I enjoyed almost every moment with Steppenwolf, the sword, and dark side. I found the anti-life equation. I have seen it. I, I'm not a reporter. I suck at it. But my goodness, that was so good. I, I didn't know that they were going to have a moment where the assembled Justice League was at least going to take a peek at the ultimate adversary they will confront. So, yeah, that that was good. Um, yeah, that was good. Of course, I enjoyed Aquaman, but this was this was Cyborg's moment in all this. It was ah, oh, dude, that was so good. Yeah, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, someone said I forget who said it. It might have been Gary from Nerdrotic. He he said that the he, the cyborg might have been a little over the top with his whole outfit and all that. Maybe a little rushed. Maybe they could have toned it down to be not so futuristic. Um, I pushed back on that narrative just a little bit because we have to understand that uh, um, he's using the power of the mother box to basically be absorbed and created into like. 70% machine so by taking that logic maybe that's why he looks that out of this world instead of a little more um i guess robot ish or cyborg ish like more grounded in reality kind of like uh the titans from the dc universe but um i i chalk it up to the mother box thing um other than that if i'm not mistaken i wasn't there a jk simmons uh, uh gordon that was was cut out I thought it was that a Joss Whedon scene then? Because uh, I saw in the trailer, dressed like a bat. I dig it. It's good to see you working with with others again. Maybe temporary. Was that a Joss Whedon scene? Because that was not in the film. And so I thought that was like the aftermath of the the Steppenwolf confrontation, where Aquaman shows up at the last moment uh, to join them in trying to get out and survive the Gotham Harbor leaking into the, the tunnels. So I I remember seeing that scene, but not in this movie. So it must have been just in the trailer. Uh, so again, let me know. I, I might have been wrong about that. Not, not a Snyder scene. It must have been a Joss Whedon scene. I, I thought that would have fit, I guess. Because, well, it might have been repetitive, though. Because uh, um, uh, Aquaman, when they when he meets, or Arthur Curry, when he meets Bruce Wayne for the first time, he's like, so you're really dressed like a bat. So I guess maybe that's why it might have been cut out, if it was Zack Snyder's. But I, I got to say, it, the the nightmare future sequence at the end of this Jared Leto's Joker, I accepted it for what it was. I understand there might be a black and white version of the entire movie that might have an alternate uh, end exchange between uh, Batman and Joker. Um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I like the whole psychological warfare between the two. It's like you complete me. It's basically the vibe I got out of that whole scene. But it's like. I, but I think my favorite line has to be, why would you send a boy to do a man's job? <laughs> Ooh, he got you there. <laughs> but I, I guess what I'm wondering, though, is this implying that Robin was Dick Grayson, though, instead of Jason Todd? Because death in the family is Jason Todd that gets killed. 
And in this one, it almost implies that it was Dick Grayson that was killed by the Joker. So, like I said, this could be an Elseworlds tale. Uh, oh, by the way, it was cool to see um, uh, Deathstroke in more than one scene. <laughs> oh, and that whole scene about the... Uh, I guess it was supposed to be the... Um, oh, my goodness. Legion of Doom. Uh, they didn't set up the whole thing. Uh, so in this one, it was more like Lex Luthor trying to hire Deathstroke to take out the bat. I guess in revenge for what happened in setting up the fall and Dawn of Justice. So that kind of caps that story there. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And, but still, seeing him in more than one scene was a nightmare sequence was pretty good. But anyway, I don't want to dive so much more into that. Uh, I do more talk about it because it's a four-hour movie. You can't digest it in one episode. And I'm going to watch it again, absolutely. It's just, it does it justice. No pun intended. Um, but it doesn't fix the flaw that DC was desperate to get this thing out there. Now, in retrospect, though, with how there's a nasty aftertaste with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, people can now see, like, you know, DC having a different tone was actually pretty good. Yeah, you think? It's just trying to shoehorn in a Justice League was a little too much. I did say I was going to talk about spoilers in this segment, right? Martian Manhunter had both the my nerd out moment and my, okay, you were trying to set up a future thing here, but it was not really necessary moment. It has to do with his first appearance and like, Holy smokes, man! My wife was like, oh, it's a bad guy. I was like, no, that's Martian Manhunter! <laughs> that was so cool. Uh, but in the the end cap scene, kind of, uh, in all that, it was good to see him. I just thought it was not entirely necessary. I guess you're trying to set up a sequel if ever it gets made, which I highly doubt it. So, no. All right, so here's what I'll, I'll cap it. Zack Snyder knows how to bring comic book panels to life. He is not a perfect director, to say the least. Uh, His slow motion, you could have taken out the slow motion from this movie and shrunk it down maybe by 20, 30 minutes. So it could have been a shorter film. So I'm like, dude, you got to really slow it down. And it probably could have helped to have a little bit of editing. It's like, okay, we don't need to see them standing there for that long. There was some moment with the Justice League. Look, they were standing there for way, way too long. It's like, hello, they need your help. Jump into action. My wife was like, how come they're just standing there? It's like, yeah, that, was, that probably could have been like cut right there and jump to the scene. But instead, it's like... Why don't they get moving? <laughs> so there were quite a few of those moments. Soundtrack, I had issues with it. I don't know how much time XL Junkie had to write it. The uh, pitch meeting I might have mentioned um, did a, a pretty good uh, um, a parody or at least spoof of the Wonder Woman uh, ancient lamentation that just kept cropping up every single time we saw Wonder Woman. Um, but other than that, it just... <sighs> It felt good to finally see it. You know, it, and it's a win for the fans. Absolute win for the fans. And this is where I'll address the controversy. So here's part three. Addressing the controversy. If you just jump the spoilers through the um, through um, the timestamp, welcome. So I'm going to address the, the controversy. It's not the controversy you think. 
The controversy has to do more with um, a charity live stream that was done. Which is what the fans have been doing. The release of Snyder Cut fans have been doing since the beginning. Raising awareness uh, to uh, to basically show uh, so not only support for Zack Snyder's movie and vision, but support for him personally. After his personal loss of Autumn Snyder when she killed herself. I believe it was March 17, 2017. And he was uh, slated to appear on a live stream that was uh, originally... All right, look, there's details to this that uh, a little too much. So instead of actually trying to break it all down for you, I'm going to let uh, the one that's the head of this channel explain it for you because he had to address it. And it's been addressed at nauseum. Um, it has to do with the Geeks and Gamers. Uh, it wasn't their live stream. It was one of the members of Geeks and Gamers. A few members of Geeks and Gamers were on the live stream, but it was not hosted by Geeks and Gamers. It was just so happened that Geeks and Gamers logo was used uh, by Warner Brothers, uh, and then controversy happened because a hit piece was put out against a bunch of YouTubers that included uh, Geeks and Gamers in a smear campaign. And this was supposed to be a charity event raising awareness for... Um, I can't really say what it actually is, but it's a charity that affects... And it hits very close to home for why uh, um, uh, Zack Snyder was moved to uh, also appear on this thing. So the charity live stream overall raised over $100,000. Yours truly was one of those that actually participated in the charity. But when Zack Snyder came on the live stream, uh, it looks... Uh, at the moment, what he said did not come across very well. But then again, he's not a public speaker. He's not PR. He's trying to jumble a few things together in such an emotional time at the same time. Uh, but the mere fact that he has yet to clarify anything is what leaves a lot of things in the air. So more people are on the side of, hey, he meant it the wrong way. Uh, then there are those that say he didn't mean it that way. Regardless of the defenses of it, the media took advantage of that moment to say that Zack Snyder threw the fans into the bus. And with the, a lot of the community still feeling hurt about that is, is why um, that's the controversy over that I wanted to address because attacking what felt like an attack on the fans that helped to get this thing propelled and then monetarily support the film to show in solidarity support for Zack Snyder's vision to show the studio, hey, we really back Snyder's vision to have Snyder be the spokesperson for the for Warner Brothers to then basically throw the fans under the bus. It it affected the charity live stream. You could see when the numbers just dropped or just stopped altogether, and then afterwards, when people joined in later that weren't privy to this, started uh, um, contributing again. Uh, it was after Zach appeared on the live stream that kind of goes to show you that uh, the fandom was hurt. And we don't know if the momentum will continue to see the Snyderverse restored. That's the new hashtag. Because I don't know how much support there's going to be for that from the very ones that supported the release of Snyder Cut when some of the founders of the release of Snyder Cut are still hurt by what happened. Because the only thing they'll accept, everybody can debate the, the merits or the demerits of what Zack Snyder meant when he joined that live stream. 
It doesn't matter entirely who's right and who's wrong here. The only one that can address this is Zack Snyder himself. And until he clarifies it, it's still going to sting. So that's my take on that. That's my disappointment in all of it. Because the momentum, the air was taken out of the room immediately when that was dropped. And I'm someone that just heard it on the whim. And like, I took it the wrong way. Did I just hear what I thought I heard? And as someone that actually did the show because of political commentary analysis and economics and all that, I'm very aware of how these things can be perceived. So I perceived it in that way. And sure enough, the mainstream media perceived it in that way and proceeded to tarnish uh, and, and call the fan base toxic. All of the, of the release of Snyder Cut support. All of them. Not just the Geeks and Gamers community. All of them calling toxic fans, they're what's wrong. And that's why Warner Brothers was also saying, that, yeah, that's it. We're not going to see anything more like this. So if if Justice League were to be done today, we would not have been able to see this version completed. And I highly doubt we'll ever see anything like that. Because now we can appreciate the Snyderverse. Even though some fans, maybe at the moment, like myself, did not. I did an, I did an entire episode uh, for my off the record uh, segment that talks about movies on my website, I called the DCEU in retrospect because I revisited these movies with my wife. Uh, she's never seen it. She's not a fan of anything like that. And she absolutely enjoyed it. And seeing it from her eyes, I was able to truly enjoy that. You know what? These movies have aged considerably better, which encouraged me to check out Watchmen again because I was pissed. I was pissed before the movie came out because... There was so much talk from the Comic-Con and all this like, hey, yeah, we kept the story integral. It's it's the story. We didn't change the ending, anything like that. And there was the rumor mills like, hey, I, Zack Snyder changed the ending to, to the movie. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And about a week or two before the movie was released, he finally had to confess that, yes, we changed the means to the end. But the ending remains the same. Like, what the fuck does that mean? So that means we're not going to get the squid? So, oh, we got the squid. It's just the project is called the squid. Yeah, 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 but there's an actual squid. And when you see the context of the movie, I understand they couldn't shoehorn in the plot lines that talk about the squid. It was just like one reference, perhaps, in the screen with Ozymandias that references the squid project. That's the only thing that if you caught the Easter egg, then you know what he meant. That the squid kind of is there, but not really. The actual squid, though, isn't there. So I was pissed before that. And then Dave Gibbons, who actually illustrated Watchmen, for him to come out and say, I don't understand the importance of people being obsessed with the squid. Like, are you freaking kidding me? You did the novel. You were the, the, the visual importance to Alan Moore's story. And even you don't understand the power of that practical joke. By eliminating that, you remove the practical joke from Watchmen, basically eliminating the entire comedian storyline, which is the backbone to Watchmen. So I'm getting worked up about this already. I don't want to dive into this one. I already did so uh, for the Critic Corner. And again, in revisiting the movie, I enjoy Watchmen, the film, for what it is in the ultimate cut, especially with the pirate story interweaved into it, the means to the end is still the same. I get it. I still get pissed at the end. Like, this is not it. It's, it makes no sense to frame Dr. Manhattan. It, it, the, the narrative falls apart immediately. You mean the guy felt terrible that he might have given cancer to those he loves. He exiles himself to Mars and then punishes the Earth for it. How does that make any sense? Ugh. Dude, sorry. 
that's the nerd in me. <laughs> so this is me letting, this is why I wanted to show this thing publicly. So you get an idea of the things that interest me. Hey, uh, you might also be, uh, uh a nerd or a geek when it comes to DC Marvel you might even get to those trivial things as to who is the best superhero and why is it Batman you know that kind of thing uh, look to each their own okay um yeah it's just I must say I, I get worked up with the whole Watchmen thing but in bringing things back his movies aged better with time maybe not 300 it was still I, st- I still remember it as good as when it came out. But Watchmen has aged considerably better and really speaks to our times now. It's like, wow, this thing is actually very parallel to what's going on. Uh, except that the players are not Soviet Russia or the Soviet Union. It's now China. Uh, and in this case, when it comes to the DCEU, uh, it's something that we can appreciate as a great contrast to um, the, Mar- the, D- the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has gone extremely woke, and we don't even know what's going to happen ultimately with Phase 4 if it ever gets realized. So, I don't know. And I think DC is, well, they gone woke entirely with their publishing side. So, of course, that was going to make its way over here. Rumor is they're rebooting Superman again. You got Henry Cavill that wants to don the suit again. He wants to give an arc to the story. He's still not Superman. Let him be Superman. But no, we got to get rid of the character who stands for truth just as an American way because all that is supposedly, uh, I guess, not to our times anymore. You know, the opening scene for Lois and, I mean, uh, Superman and Lois, the CW, I haven't seen the, the show, but I did see the opening sequence. That's Superman. People say they can't relate to it. That is Superman. That was like the power of the, the married life scene from Up. But in comic book form, it felt like the novel Superman for all seasons. I'm like, holy smokes, you nailed it. But it's CW, so I'm, I, I'm not going to tune in and invest myself in the show until it's run its course. So then I can vis- revisit it then because I don't want to waste my time. Especially with the way CW has treated the Arrowverse and all that. But anyway, this is me talking like parallels to peripheral to the Snyder universe. But that's just it, that... It'd be nice to see his ver- his vision restored, especially if there would ever to be a second Justice League. But now with Wonder Woman 1984, Aquaman 2 possibly being canceled, the undecided up in the air, what's going to happen with the Flash kind of story. We basically got a Flashpoint in the Justice League. I don't even know if it would be necessary for the next one. Just uh, there's a lot. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't see it being realized. And if it is, it won't be before Hollywood lost its mind because now they just ruin all the good stories. So... Yeah, so that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping the X Bands sticks the landing and isn't ruined in the sixth season because it has to stick the landing. How did that segue to that? Because you want to hear about my thoughts on the X Bands, let me know in the comment section below because, oh man, I got a lot to talk about that one. <laughs> so, anywho, that's it for this episode of The Andre Segovia Show. If you like this kind of content, you want to see more of it, let me know. I might bring more of it to the main show uh, just to. Just to broaden out the topic a little bit, but this is something that I do do for um, my website, www.interviewsgoover.com. I call this segment The Critic Corner. I have interviews with other people. I bring friends on. We talk movies uh, and in some cases, soundtracks. I even play soundtracks sometimes. So just letting you know, all that content you can find at www.interviewsgoover.com. So thank you so much for watching this one, and I'll see you on the next one.